0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media.
1: According to the National Institute of Health, nearly one in five U.S. adults live with a mental illness but it's not just in our personal lives that we should be concerned about mental health. We spend the majority of our days and our weeks at the office, or at least certainly working remotely. And unfortunately, work can get a bit stressful sometimes. This means that supporting mental health in the workplace is no longer a perk, but an absolute necessity. Today is World Mental Health Day the theme of 2022's world mental health day set by the world federation for mental health is make mental health and well-being for all a global priority and our returning guest today will help shine a light on the impact that poor mental health can have in the workplace margarita raphael is the head of psychological sciences over at work and regular listeners of the show will remember Uh, A couple of other episodes we have done with Margarita. Um, WorkZinger is a job search and hiring platform emphasizing company culture fit. And Margarita works as a researcher and assessment content creator. She continues to see patients in her own private practice for therapy and psychological assessments. Her clinical experience in administration and development of a variety of psychological tests culminated in a full time dedication to research in the industrial and organizational field. And by the way, listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, you're definitely going to want to check out the other conversations that I've had with Margarita and her colleagues over at WorkZinger. Hey, Margarita, welcome back to the HR Chat Show.
0: Thank you so much for having me back, Bill. It's really nice speaking to you again.
1: So as I mentioned just a moment ago, today is World Mental Health Day. Why is it important, do you think, to have to have a day to recognize and take stock of our mental well-being and the mental health of those around us.
0: So, first of all, Bill, thank you uh, for choosing to speak to me on this very, very important day on such a relevant and pertinent topic. Right, World Mental Health Day, and I don't know if you know this, but it has only been celebrated since you know early '90s. So, I think it's like 1992, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's not just a day to raise awareness over mental health or to provide education about the topic. The way that I see World Mental Health Day is as an opportunity to provide a chance for everybody involved, all the stakeholders, everybody involved, despite of the industry, to talk about their work, what more needs to be done, what we've accomplished, what we still need to accomplish, to make mental health care a reality, and as 2022 has said, a, a priority for people worldwide. So not just when it comes to work, where you said it and very well, we spend most of our days, uh, is the place where we spend most of our our, our business days, Um, But also outside of that, that space, outside of that industry, independently where you work, independently of the industry, this is a day to focus, reflect, and know what you're doing and need to do moving forward. And I mean, we're looking at things these days, you know, you pick up the news, you read whatever, you know, like the New York Times, Harvard Business Reviews, whatever it is. We're looking at things such as quiet quitting, great resignation, burnout. And even if you're not reading the news, you're having conversations with your family members, you're having conversations with your colleagues, you're seeing the trends. How can we not be talking about mental health at work and its relevance when these conversations are happening? These conversations and these movements are happening every day.
1: OK, thank you very much. So you're suggesting that we we've got there. we've largely got there. We've got to that place there where perhaps we weren't at 10 years ago where we do regularly have conversations about how we're feeling and how we how we're communicating with others and what's going on in our lives. We we are being more open and more authentic. We're, we're at that place now or actually is there still a little bit of a, a stigma around sharing where you're at with, with your own mental health?
0: Don't take me wrong, there's still a stigma. And yes, granted, we've done, I mean, the journey has been in, incredible. And I think especially after the pandemic, there has been a normalization around the conversation about mental health and its importance in the workplace, but there's still a long ways to go. And I think that's where World Mental Health Day is just another opportunity to continue that conversation, right? Uh, and yes, the conversation is happening directly when we are creating trainings and awareness and mental health spaces. But the conversation is also happening indirectly when we're talking about great resignations, quiet quittings, burnouts, uh, uh, work life balance workplace culture, we're not talking about these topics without addressing mental health awareness. I
1: guess I guess the follow-up to that is should employees feel empowered to be open about their mental health issues or concerns and, and what about that perception uh, many may have about admitting vulnerabilities that, and, and how that could mean that one doesn't get that next job or uh, gets overlooked for that promotion? Do you think that's what? What do you say to those people who who have those sorts of concerns?
0: That's such an important question, and to be honest, I feel like it's a question that a lot of people w- may tiptoe around. Um, you know, each person should be as vulnerable as they feel comfortable being. It's not about sharing or forcing someone to share what they don't want to share in a specific setting. However, what this is about. It's about creating a safe space for those who feel comfortable doing so at work and even for those who don't feel comfortable, don't want to be vulnerable, don't want to share whatever it is. Help everyone normalize the topic of vulnerability, mental health, wellness, awareness, well-being and again it's not about forcing employees to share but it's also about offering resources having conversations normalizing the topic removing taboos creating um, creating uh, check-ins ensuring a connection within the team providing trainings having the conversation. I think having the conversation and listening is one of the most important first steps that we can take while respecting each individual's boundaries, because ultimately that's what we know. We all have our rights to our own boundaries, even within the space of vulnerability in the workplace. So what employers can do in this setting is to initiate conversations to create a safe space to accept and listen when vulnerability needs to be shared. And, you know, uh, talking about, as as you were saying, what about, you know, like the perception uh, that many employees may have admitting vulnerabilities will mean that one doesn't get the job or gets overlooked for that promotion. You know, then we're talking about discriminatory issues, right, and for that, and considering the stigma and where workplace and the industry is still sitting at, there's something that's incredibly important and we cannot overlook, and that is confidentiality. We cannot talk about a safe space, normalizing the conversation without mentioning the topic of confidentiality. Allowing a safe space for vulnerabilities, having the conversation and ensuring confidentiality to protect from any discrimination that may arise. And I don't know if we're talking about confidentiality and safe spaces and vulnerabilities and awareness enough as it is, but I don't know, Bill, you interview way more people than than I do. So you may also have have a say on this.
1: Uh, I've got some ideas, but I'm gonna save them for now. Um because yeah. I, I just want to I just want to sort of uh, offer a bit of a follow-up to that. And and that's that's around you just listed a whole bunch of great ways to support the, the mental well-being of one's employees. Okay. Fantastic answer. Um Workzinger in part helps with the culture fits in the recruitment process, of course. Can you maybe can you maybe demonstrate ways that uh, a company can show to Candidates to potential employees that they do have all of these measures in place. They have thought about these things that they are important to the company culture as a whole. Um, what, what, what does that look like in terms of communication? Say, for example, in a in a in a hiring situation, an interview situation, is that a very very important aspect to make sure that the HR person or the hiring manager emphasizes to each and every candidate they speak with?
0: yes 100 percent yes and here's the thing um we talk about mental um, uh, mental um, health awareness and well-being in the workplace but the majority of the time we don't talk about it at the recruitment level at the interview level right and we can't employers can make the mental health of employees or candidates a central topic starting at the very beginning of the recruitment level it was one of the main things, one of the main drive, drives of uh, work and when we first started. Look at factors that play a role in for mental um, health. We're looking at stress, we're looking at environment, we're looking at the people that you're working with, we're looking at job flexibility, work-life balance, right? These are usually the factors that play a role when we're talking about uh, mental well-being. These are also factors that can can come into play during interviews. So what I'm trying to say is that from the very start, you can provide knowledge about your company culture, not just the knowledge that you put in on a LinkedIn post or an indie job posting, right? But provide knowledge about your company culture. What flexibility? What benefits? What are your teams like? What are the people that are part of the team like? Ask about the individual as an individual. What are the soft skills of this person? What are this person's preferences? What motivates them? How do they take and conceptualize leadership? Understand the candidate deeper than just the job posting and the hard skills and how that person is gonna get the job done. But look at the human factor, look beyond the person and see where that candidate aligns with the company culture that you have, right? And that was exactly one of the main goals of creating the CFA was to ensure that there is alignment in workplace culture between the candidates at the very beginning of the recruitment process and the company. Because here's the thing, right? If you can't ensure an alignment in workplace culture, it means that half of the work is already done in ensuring mental well-being after this person starts at that company. So I know I went a little bit around and you're asking me about some practical steps to, I don't know, identify um, or if you have a process for receiving mental um, well-being conversations. But here's the thing, for companies who are listening to this talk, I think one of the most important things they can do is to set up to receive employees at the recruitment level. And ask themselves the question, are you prepared to receive it and have this conversation? Do I know enough about this candidate? What value do we place in mental health? What do we need to know? And it's not just about companies asking, what do I need to know about this candidate? But also providing as much information about who they are, Who are the leaders? Who is the company? What is the team looking like? What do you value? Where are you sitting at this moment that is relevant information for the candidate to know? So it is a very well-informed decision to accept that position when the time comes.
1: OK, thank you. And just briefly, would you suggest one or two questions that uh, the candidate should make sure that they should ask in the interview situation? I, imagine the scenario is uh, they're coming towards the end of the interview. Uh, the HR person, or the hiring manager has forgotten uh, to mention a whole bunch of that you just spoke about just there. And so it falls on the, the candidate to make sure that they get a couple of questions asked about what potential support for their physical and mental well-being could look like is there is there an indirect way of asking that should they be very direct about that What, what are your thoughts there
0: Yes, that's a good question. And, you know, as you were asking the question, I was looking back as my grad school days when I was getting my doctorate in, because I I am a clinical psychologist by education. So, um, you know, it's like a five, at least a five-year process, and you go on lots of interviews for your residency and your next internship, yada, yada, yada. And there is always this one question that, that I always thought was so telling when it comes to the mental well-being of that candidate in front of you. And that is, tell me what you do uh, for self-care. What are some things that you like to do? What are your hobbies? What do you do for self-care? Because then if you have someone that's sitting across from you and tells you, oh, I don't have any self-care. Oh, that's not a priority. Oh, I don't know what that is. I'm always so busy with work. That's important to notice, right? So that's, you know, what do you do for self-care is one of the most important questions that I believe you can ask in an interview. And, you know, at the same time, it's not too invasive, it's respectful, and it's very telling about the person that's sitting across from you. The other question that you can ask is also what or how... Does this company or how does this role benefit you, not just at a professional level, but also in a self-development level? How can we benefit you and see the type of answer that person gives you? Because it's important from the very start, as we're talking about the recruitment, the recruitment process, for any candidate and any candidate to understand that they're not just being given to the company right it's also about what they can take for themselves in this project in this role that they're applying for so those two questions how can this role at this company help in your own self-development and second what do you do for your own individual self-care
1: okay awesome awesome answer thank you very much thank you and I, I, I just want to applaud the fact that we have got to the point now where candidates can ask the the tougher questions and and can ask, you know, how, how you guys can enhance my my overall life if, if I if I jump on board and join your your brand. Um, power to the people, Margarita. Certainly,
0: you're right. <laughs> yeah. For so long, right, Bill? I mean, for so long, it was a very one-sided situation. You turn in your resume, and you have all this information available about, uh, uh, you know, like about the candidate and the resume and everything that they did. But how about the other way? You also want to make sure that you're doing the best decision for yourself when applying for for a new role and at a new company, especially.
1: Okay, next uh, question, I'm going to challenge you to answer in 60 seconds or less. Here we go. Uh, What does it mean for the employer brand if a company can demonstrate that it really cares about the the mental and physical well-being of, of its employees?
0: Well, it means that you're a company that is for the people that cares about the humans in that company more than just the profit and more than what these individuals can do for the company. It's humans working with humans. And that's one of the most important messages that you can put out, especially when you're hiring for for new positions.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. Um, we're already coming towards the end of this particular interview, Margarita. Uh, just a couple more wow. questions for you for today. Um, is it the job of managers to lead by example and share their own vulnerabilities? I mean, I think you kind of alluded to to a yes for that one Um, but can that lead to more authentic relationships if it's done in the right ways and is that kind of a newish phenomenon i.e do you agree with me that we saw a lot of change in people during the pandemic and people became a lot more authentic over the last two or three years
0: yes here's the thing i will always always defend the fact that each individual should and each person should be as vulnerable as they feel comfortable and each person should share as much as they feel comfortable no one should be you know pushed and forced to share more than they want because we all have our boundaries and boundaries in and out uh, of the workplace is one of the most important things that we can have now when we're talking about managers it is managers role and responsibility to normalize the topic. And what do we know about normalizing the topic, especially when it comes to mental health? You have to give to receive. So give a little to show that it's okay for others to give their little as well. Now, it doesn't mean that managers are being forced or asked to share more than they feel comfortable with. But they can normalize, and they can set up spaces and times for check-ins. It can be weekly check-ins. It can be monthly check-ins. But asking specific questions, pointing out and calling out, you know, also in form of validation, specific individual traits that they notice. Be aware. Be present and listen that is the manager's role not just in the training that they provide uh, in the policies or the practices that they can put in place but that little human factor what you know the intuition the chemistry what makes human interaction human interaction and sometimes we want to measure, measure that sometimes you want to have a baseline and you can have uh, you, can have to, you can ask, I'm sorry, the same questions over and over again, week after week or month after month. But make the space assume the normalization by owning those human characteristics.
1: Okay, as as we do look to, to close things up today, and just before I ask you how, how folk can connect with you, um, maybe you can leave some some practical tips. You know, You're the expert here because it's not always obvious is it if someone if someone's suffering uh, if someone's got something going on in their life with that which is affecting their their mental health um mm-hmm. i i just like lots of people probably most people out there have uh, had have had times in my life where i've i've, I've you know had had uh, mental health uh worries and concerns um how can how can colleagues and and leaders spot perhaps non obvious signs um, I'm not asking you how they can help whether they should help whether they should interfere we've we, we've had that conversation already, but just just in terms of what what are some of those indicators that that people maybe can spot if if they're perhaps concerned about colleagues
0: yes so here's here's uh, my first you know and most direct answer to that if you feel within you that there's something going on most likely there is something going on with that person so more than looking to the outside and how each person is behaving i will tell you look at what's going on inside you when you are in the presence of this person do you feel discomfort do you feel triggered too do you do you feel like you want to ask a certain question do you feel like this person is acting differently if you Feel and think that something is off, then something might be off. And here's the thing that we're not talking about enough there is less damage in asking if everything is okay than not asking. And what I'm telling you this because we're not, there's still the stigma, there's still lots of taboo about this topic. But if you want to ask, and maybe nothing is going on, but something is telling you that you should ask, you should check in with this person, then you should. Respectfully so, but making it noticed that there's a safe space, and it doesn't have to be with you. You can say, you know, is everything okay? You can talk to me. It doesn't have to be with you, but you can say, Is everything going on? You know, if you're going through something, if you want to talk, I'm here, or HR has this program, or I saw this great program or this great support group online. But asking is all, always more important than not asking. Create a safe space, be available, offer resources be vulnerable we you just asked me a very good question about vulnerability right model healthy behaviors we can't tell people what to do right especially when it comes uh you know like at a a, a, it's your own team we can't necessarily tell people what to do but we can model healthy behavior we can model certain things and building a culture of connection through checking ins, and also at the recruitment level, building a culture of connection by ensuring that there is an alignment within the company that you are working with. I hope those are some good tips uh, for you. I mean, if there's anything that you can take away, I would say ask, always ask and make a safe space for people to discuss
1: wow thank you right at the beginning of your answer there you you, you said if you feel like something could be off if you sent something then there's, there's a chance that it could be I, i've never really thought about it in in that kind of simple terms before um, um but that's very powerful and then the the explanation you continue to give after that was very, very powerful. So thank you. Hey, before we do wrap up for today, Margarita, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about all the cool things happening over at WorkZinger?
0: Thank you so much, Bill. You know, you can um, go on our website, worksinger.com, Every Thursday, every other Thursday, we have a live uh discussion with some very important and cool guests so it's the science team uh and different gra- guests every other thursday and this happens on linkedin live we also have call with our uh marketing guy and he's doing some great interviews with good guests and you can find out all about this and what we're up to uh, on our website www.workthinga.com
1: Perfect. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Margarita, it's been lovely chatting with you again. Um, A very timely conversation today, of course. Um, Thank you very much for being my guest.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Bill. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. There are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe and follow us on social media,